Read the Bible every day so you'll be full of faith. Welcome you to join Bible Links to read the entire Bible in two years. I believe God will bless you, He will lift you up, and your life will never be the same. Exodus chapter 31 The Lord said to Moses, See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with ability and intelligence, with knowledge and all craftsmanship, to devise artistic designs, to work in gold, silver, and bronze, in cutting stones for setting, and in carving wood, to work in every craft. And behold, I have appointed with him Oholiab, the son of Ahimas, Ahisamah, the son of Ahisamah. And behold, I have appointed with him Oholiab, the son of Ahisamach, of the tribe of Dan. And I have given to all able men ability that they may make all that I have commanded you, the tent of meeting and the ark of the testimony and the mercy seat that is on it, and all the furnishings of the tent, the table and its utensils, and the pure lampstand with all its utensils, and the altar of incense, and the altar of burnt offering with all its utensils, and the basin and its standing, and the fine worked garments, the holy garments for Aaron the priest, and the garments of his sons for their service as priests, and the anointing oil, and the fragrant incense for the holy place. According to all that I have commanded you, they shall do. And the Lord said to Moses, You are to speak to the people of Israel and say, Above all, you shall keep my Sabbaths, for this is a sign between me and you throughout your generations that you may know that I, the Lord, sanctified you. You shall keep the Sabbath because it is holy for you. Everyone who profanes it shall be put to death. Whoever does any work on it, that soul shall be cut off from among his people. Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day shall be put to death. Therefore, the people of Israel shall keep the Sabbath, observing the Sabbath throughout their generations as a covenant forever. It is a sign forever between me and the people of Israel that in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. And he gave to Moses when he had finished speaking with him on Mount Sinai, the two tablets of the testimony, tablets of stone, written with the finger of God. Exodus chapter 32 When the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, the people gathered themselves together to Aaron and said to him, Up, make us gods who shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. So Aaron said to them, Take off the rings of gold that are in the ears of your wives, your sons, and your daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people took off the rings of gold that were in their ears and brought them to Aaron. And he received the gold from their hand and fashioned it with a graving tool and made a golden calf. And they said, These are your gods, O Israel who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made a proclamation and said, Tomorrow shall be a feast to the Lord. And they rose up early the next day and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. 
And the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. And the Lord said to Moses, Go down, for your people whom you brought up out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way that I commanded them. They have made for themselves a golden calf and have worshipped it and sacrificed to it and said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. And the Lord said to Moses, I have seen this people of the whole. It is a stiff-necked people. Now therefore, let me alone that my wrath may burn hot against them, that I may consume them, in order that I may make a great nation of you. But Moses implored the Lord his God and said, O Lord, why does your wrath burn hot against your people, whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians say, With evil intent did he bring them out to kill them in the mountains and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from your burning anger and relent from this disaster against your people. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, your servants to whom you swore about your own self and said to them, I will multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven, and all this land that I have promised I will give to your offspring, and they shall inherit forever. And the Lord relented from the disaster that he had spoken of bringing on his people. Then Moses turned and went down to the mountain with the two tablets of the testimony in his hand, tablets that were written on both sides, on the front and on the back they were written. The tablets were the work of God, and their writing was the writing of God, engraved on the tablets. When Joshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted, he said to Moses, There is a noise of war in the camp. But he said, It is not the sound of shouting for victory, or the sound of the cry of the feet, but the sound of singing that I hear. And as soon as he came near the camp and saw the calf and the dancing, Moses' anger burned hot and he threw the tablets out of his hands and broke them at the foot of the mountain. He took the calf that they had made and burned it with fire and ground it to powder and scattered it on the water and made the people of Israel drink. And Moses said to Aaron, What did this people do to you that you have brought such a great sin upon them? And Aaron said, Let not the anger of my Lord burn hot. You know the people that they are set on evil. For they said to me, Make us gods who shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. So I said to them, Let any who have gold take it off. So they gave it to me, and I threw it in the fire, and out came this calf. And when Moses saw that the people had broken loose, or Aaron had let them break loose to the derision of their enemies, Then Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said, Who is on the Lord's side? Come to me. And all the sons of Levi gathered around him. And he said to them, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Put your sword on your side, each of you, and go to and fro from gate to gate throughout the camp. And each of you kill his brother and his companion and his neighbor. And the sons of Levi did according to the word of Moses, and that day about three thousand men of the people fell. And Moses said, Today you have been ordained for the service of the Lord, each one at the cost of his son and of his brother, so that he might bestow a blessing upon you this day. The next day Moses said to the people, You have sinned a great sin, and now I will go up to the Lord. Perhaps I can make atonement for your sin. So Moses returned to the Lord and said, Alas, this people has sinned a great sin. 
they have made for themselves gods of gold. But now, if you will forgive their sin, but if not, please blot me out of your book that you have written. The Lord said to Moses, Whoever has sinned against me, I will blot out of my book. But now go, lead the people to the place about which I have spoken to you. Behold, my angel shall go before you. Nevertheless, in the day when I visit, I will visit their sin upon them. Then the Lord sent a plague on the people, because they made the calf the one that Aaron made. The following is the English translation of Pastor Mong Wu's teaching on the book of Exodus, chapters 31 and 32, translated by David. Read the Bible every day so you'll be full of faith. Let's review Exodus chapter 31 and 32. After God revealed his plan through Moses, the entire construction process of the tabernacle was about to begin. Starting with verse 1, the Lord said to Moses, See, I have called by name Bezalel, and the son of Uri, and the son of Hur of the tribes of Judah. And then look at verse 6, And behold, I have appointed with him Oholiah and the son of Ashishamah of the tribe of Den. And I have given to all able men ability that they may make all that I have commanded you. These two names are very unique. Bezalel means under God's covering and protection. Uri means father is my tent. These two men are both living under cover. God called them to do something. Verse 3, I have filled him with the spirit of God would it be ability and intelligence with knowledge and all craftsmanship to devise artistic designs to work in gold, silver, and bronze? In verse 6, I have given to all able men ability that they may make all that I have commented. Dear family, from the onset of these two chapters, how can we be part of God's good work? How do we allow God to build the tabernacle within us? A few points that we can pray to God. 1. Lord, help me to be undercover, that you are my cover, that you are my protection, and I submit to the authority under the Father. So these men got called by God to serve him because they are undercover. They shall have ability, intelligence, with knowledge, and all craftsmanship, and more wisdom shall be given to them. Dear family, we need to define. They have built many things in Egypt, such as the pyramids, the storage houses, and all. So now, they will be going to work for God. So God will give them ability, intelligence, with knowledge, and all the questions to devise artistic designs. Since chapter 25, we see that everything needs to be built according to what God instructed on the mountain, especially in verse 6, that they may make all that I have commented. They look at verse 11. According to all that I have commended you, they shall do. So what is intelligent and what is knowledge? It's about men who know what God wanted, according to what God committed to complete. Many times that we think we have experience and we have done it in the past and we have our own designs in mind, we may think that is ability, intelligence, and knowledge. No, that is not it. True wisdom, true intelligence, and true knowledge is about knowing God's heart and relying on our, not relying on our own ways, but to do it according to his ways. If these two men use even just a bit of artificial mechanics, they will think that the Ark of Covenant, the incense bowls, 
the golden lampstand, the table for the bread of presence, and even the washing pin, and all the curtains and all that are not grand enough to show God's glory. We can build something bigger. All the structure perhaps should show the glory of kingdom and display grand and big things, right? The tabernacle is not very tall at all, not very high. None of the things forth mentioned are tall. In fact, you may have to bend down to use these things and to complete the tests. And none of it are big in size. So, and also, why have the bronze overlays and not to use pure bronze? Anyone has any understanding of construction and architectural design, or even furniture making skills, you will probably think that none of these make any logical sense. So you must pray to God today. Lord, I have no idea of my own, my own secular way. I am not going to rely on my secular experience or past success. I want your wisdom and follow what you committed. The verse says that I have given all able men ability. So does that, does that mean it is all useless of my existing knowledge and ability? No, God wants to give you even more ability and knowledge. It is the foundation of God's guidance. Construction of the Ark of the Covenant is the grace for men to meet God. It is not about building structure itself. It's about you willing to surrender to God's cover and guidance. So we can pray. Give me such wisdom and knowledge and intelligence and ability so I will no longer think my own way, my own idea, and use, rely on my past experience are always the best. So I can submit to you, God. I wanted to be Basil, and I am under you. I am under your cover and protection. I wanted to be like Oholia, so that you are my tent and cover. Once you are under God's cover, you will be even more wise than you already are. From verses 12 to 17, before the construction began, and the Lord said to Moses, Above all, you shall keep my Sabbaths, for this is a sign between me and you, throughout your generations. And you may know that I, the Lord, sanctify you. So let's also look at verse 17. It is a sign forever between me and the people of Israel. The building of the tabernacle is for God's heart to rest, and his children can draw close to him and know his heart. Also, men's heart may also rest and no longer live in slavery. They shall live in their lives as true sons of God, his army and kingdom of priests. People who worship God listen to him and draw close to him. That is the reason God speaks of his Sabbath before his construction begins. A person's ability would not be effectuated without peace first. The first day of the week is the Sabbath. In his peace, we shall receive wisdom. In his peace, we shall receive power. In his peace, we shall receive his direction. Verses 14 and 15. You shall keep the Sabbath because it is holy for you. Everyone who profanes it shall be put to death. Whoever does any work on it, that soul shall be cut off from among his people. And whoever does any work on the Sabbath day shall be put to death. So what work is it referring to in the middle of the desert land? It is referring to building the ark and the tabernacle, of course. They may think that this is what God wants, so we should hurry and build it. But God wants them to know that the importance of solemn rest comes first. The whole construction period is probably six months or more. But God commanded them that they must observe his Sabbath, their family. From this part that we can see, God is releasing his principle. For those who serve God, please do not undermine the importance of observing Sabbath each week and to wait up on Lord. In your busy day, 
he must reserve time to wait upon the Lord and rest before God solemnly. It's not about waiting for any kind of feeling of his presence and just to speak into you. If there is, then praise the Lord and thank God. The most important part to wait for God is my servitude, my life, and my work. I must first rest in God. So all that I will do today, I shall receive intelligence, wisdom, and ability to do and to think all he's committed. So you can also pray for today during your lunchtime or before you go to bed at night or start of the day, reserve 15 minutes. 30 minutes would be even better and rest in him and not to be in a hurry to go to work. What God here is we understand his heart and rest in him and co-work with him. Now these co these workers just want to get busy and finish the ark, then they would not be something that God wants. God does not care about just building the structure. He wants men to meet him in the ark and listen to his voice and know his timing and schedule. In him, we have unity and love. This is what chapter 31 tells us. In chapter 32, something special incident happened. This was the worship of the golden calf. There are several passages from chapter 32 to 34 that remind us of something. Whether we are leaders, helpers, intercessors, Bible teachers, or parents, through these scriptures, we can see that God revealed the principle and directions of our lives. Let's look at chapters 32, verse 1. When the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, actually Moses actually already told them that he will be up there for 40 days and told him to wait. They said to Aaron, Get up, make us gods who shall go before us. Now this statement sounded like they were ordering him to do that. As for this Moses, they continue, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. Now, this is a very dismissive statement that people have made about Moses. He's only been 40 days, and people said it three times that, hey, God, what you committed us, we will do. But they did not do that here, obviously. So people gathered themselves together and went to Aaron. So who are these people? Probably the community leaders that Jethro suggested to for Moses to delegate the responsibility of resolving disputes. So they said to Aaron, impatient, this Moses, this guy that we don't know what happened to him, it is actually only 40 days. And when you lack patience in being dismissive of your leader, this will easily lead you to go against God and into temptation, such as building a, a, a golden calf. So you need to look closely in these chapters, about these details, Aaron is Moses' helper. The role of a helper or a deputy is very important. Sometimes when the leader is not around, just don't be pressured to do things because others want things done now. In other words, don't fold under pressure. Imagine if Aaron and the 70 elders could appease to the people that Moses will come back down soon. It is only 40 days, and then the narrative of the golden calf could have been written very differently. So Aaron it's closer to the people than Moses. Moses have left Egypt for a number of years, but Aaron was always there, lived with him. So he knows these people very well. And Aaron is also someone who's very eloquent with speaking skills to talk to people for Moses. But yet, Aaron, as a helper, as a deputy, he did not submit to his leader and follow Moses' instruction. Inadvertently, he led the people astray and built this golden calf. So dear family, sometimes we have to take care some things while the leader is absent. But even when we are under pressure, all we can do is to appease the people and request them to wait. You see, in verses 2 to 4, Aaron said to them, 
take off the rings of the gold in the dying the ears of yours and, and bring them to me. And he received the gold from their hands and fashioned it with graving tool and made a golden calf. And they said, These are your God. Oh, oh Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt? So please, Lord, have mercy on us. Sometimes we have a heart to please others in a heart that, that is afraid of men. I am also working hard to deal with this issue myself. To please what people want. I want to please them. And I fear them. And then ended up with wrong decisions. And say the wrong things. When I was reading chapter 32. I just prayed that God will enlighten me. Powerfully. And have mercy on. So that all I do is not building a golden calf at his will. I must wait and wait upon him. Even if we pass the time. God will keep us from making big sense or great sense. So how could this calf be the gods that brought them out of Egypt? Because this group of people is feeling insecure and scared. So they resorted back to the polyism like it was in Egypt. Often that these Egyptian gods were arrive riding on oxen. So they used this golden calf to represent God in his presence. Oh, we don't want Moses. We want God's presence represented here in with, in with this idol. So look at verses 5 and 7. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it. And proclaim, tomorrow shall be a feast to the Lord. Is tomorrow real day to celebrate? It is not. God already told the Israel people that there are only three festivals that they should celebrate. Didn't he know? So he just made up this festival. And this is a powerful act of Satan. He just wants to change the Sabbath, the festivals, in an entire gathering system. Seemingly there is worship. But you are actually not, you're seemingly, you're not worshiping God, but the golden calf. You may feel like that you're glorifying God, but you are actually pleasing yourself. In verse 6, And they rose up early, and the next day and offered burnt offering and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down, eat, drink, and rose up to the play. So see what they have done here? These offerings are not for God, and it is not a festival committed by God. And the feast... And then they go on and feast on the eat and drink and rose up and play, meaning that they may have even conducted sexual impurity in this call of feast, in this so-called feast. This is a clear example when the deputy or the helper fails to adhere to his own principles and fail to abide by the leader's instructions and even fail to live undercover. He could easily pray and seek the God for guidance, but he did not. In times when you feel like not wanting to lose face and just rush to do things and under pressure, you will end up building a golden calf. In verse 7, God spoke, and the Lord said to Moses, Go down for your people, whom you brought up out of the land of Egypt, have corrupted themselves. The forty days' times were just about up, and God was telling Moses the matter about how people can draw close to him. And in chapter 30, we talked about that before, and God gave his desire at the end. So, things that will satisfy his heart. But here, Satan took advantage of the chaos and to disturb people's heart and led them to sin. You have to see that Satan is always looking for opportunity to harness the work of God. You can pray to God. Lord, help me to have a heart that's willing to stand for your truth. Even during the time of pressure or urgency, I will always choose to wait for you. And I shall not get impatient. I wouldn't rush to make decisions, the pressure, and Please, people in fear, I'm not going to mess up your will. I shall not corrupt in front of you. Now, Moses did not know what had happened. God won't hide anything from his friend, so God did not hide anything from Moses. 
So we can pray today, Oh God, if there's any corruptions or weakness or any any decision that I made offended you in my life, Lord, please let me know. Do not hide it from me and speak to me directly. Verse 8, They have turned aside and quickly out of the way that I commanded them, and they have made for themselves a golden calf, and have worshipped it and sacrificed to it, said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. And the Lord said to Moses, I have seen this people, and behold, it is a stiff-necked people. And this is the first time the term stiff-necked people appear in the Torah. This is what God thinks of the people of Israel at that time. God continued to use this term stiff-necked people throughout the Bible from the Old to the New Testaments. We must also pray and repent about this before God. Please highlight it to me. Anything that I have done that's out of a stiff neck. Please have mercy on me, God. If necessary, hit me, blink me, and don't just let it happen to me. That we should always pay for the people of Israel. Also, they are still Jewish. There are still Jewish people who do not see you, see God, see Jesus as the Messiah. I pray that they will no longer be stiff necked people. That this is something that we can continue to respond to God uh, to be an intercessor. And now in verse 10, now, therefore, let me, let me, let me alone in that my breath may burn hot against him and I may consume him in order that I may make a great nation of you. In order for God's promise to come true, he needs a group of people who understand his heart and his generations to be as many and as many as sand on the beach and in as many scars in the sky. They may enter the land of Canaan and receive eternal salvation. But if at this time Moses had responded to God and say, Oh, may your will be done, then the Bible's narration would be very different. There will be no longer any Israel people left, and only Moses' people. So let's take a look at how Moses actually responded to that. In verse 11, But Moses implored the Lord his God and said, O oh Lord, what does your wrath burn not against your people, whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt, and with great power and with a mighty hand? So Moses is actually saying to God that these are your people, not my people, that you have brought them out of Egypt with your great power and mighty power and not me. So in verse 12, it says that, Turn from your burning anger and relent from this disaster against your people. So Moses hold, hold fast to God's principle. In verse 13, it says, Remember Abraham, Isaac, Israel, your servants, to whom you swore by your own self. So second, God hold on to God's promises and pray to him. And third, Moses hold on to God to remember his people. So if you're an intercessor and, and when you well, you in, when you're intercede for someone, you also need to pray like this. The people of Israel deserve to die at that time. So these people are so these are the things of the intercessory prayers. It's God's principle, you gotta understand God's people. God's promise, God's power, and God's heart. As intercessors, we pray for America, China, and Taiwan, our city, and our government. We seek for the Lord's mercies and for Him to change. This is not to say that there are still people here. We are repenting even though people suck. God saved us. We need to pay attention to God's character. Moses' prayer turned God's heart in and he relented from the disaster that he has spoken of bringing to his people. This is the power of prayer and authority and wisdom. Is it not? It is not about whether or not this person deserves it. Sometimes we say this person does not deserve it, 
But God did not choose the people of Israel because they are good. It is because God is good and that he chosen them. That we are not chosen not because we are good either. Because God is good. Because God chose us. So sometimes we look down on this person and despise that person or even hate this person. Like in church, sometimes we despise those Christians who fail. We curse some leaders because they have made mistakes. Actually, we despise them more than those who are not yet saved as believers. So God, please have mercy on us. It is not because that this person is good, if I call him or her or lift him up high in the position. It's because God is good to put that person in that position to carry out God's power as to request a mission. Even this person has failed to weakness like Aaron did. Moses prayed for Aaron in Deuteronomy and he held on to to God's heart. When people, when you see people failed and when ministry fallen and you pray according to God's heart, God, you are good. Your good work and your promise. God, we pray for your kingdom and your mercy that we can be saved and be transformed. So verses 15 to 20, then Moses turned and went down from the mountain and Joshua said to Moses, there is a noise of war in the camp. And Moses said, it is not the sound of shouting victory but the sound of singing that I hear. And as soon as he came near to the camp and saw the calf in the dancing, Moses' anger, anger burned hot. He threw the tablet out of his hand and broke them on the foot of the mountains. So wait a second here. Moses, you asked God not to get angry, but you got angry now. Now, it is because he sees what people are doing. They have breached their covenant with God. So these tablets are now meaningless. Verse 20. He took the calf that they had made and burned it with fire and ground it into powder and scattered it on the water and made the people of Israel drink it. Think about this. There must be a large enough crowd that the minute Aaron got him scared to get up and make this golden calf. But now Moses comes down from the mountain and does this. So those people could have, Mapa people could easily beat him to death, right? There's so many of them and just one of him. But... But if you, sh- you should read these verses very carefully, then you will see that when authority is on someone, it has nothing to do with how loudly he speaks or how capable he is. Someone who has authority is because they stand in God's truth and continue to fulfill God's heart. That his authority can be won against millions. So when you please others out of fear or mend, you will not sustain your authority. So this is common in modern day church. Leaders are Leaders alike and elders and deacons who wants to be elected, they will try hard to please people, please other mem- brothers and sisters, members of the church. Your authority comes from standing in God's truth. As we obey God and care about his covenant, his word, his holiness, authority will come upon you. It's evidence of God's presence. So why did the Israel people will care that Moses acted out in anger and why wouldn't they that why would they submit in fear of Moses? Because God's authority is on Moses. So we need to pray. If you are a leader in your church, or if you are serving in your church, you are a school, a cell group leader, or a spiritual parent, don't just question why no one listens to me, what I have to say. You know, I'm just a, you know, a worker, a minor leader, and a minister, or a minor counselor, and no one cares what I have to say. People only listen to pastors or senior pastors. Do not have this kind of attitude. You need to ask yourself, have I hold steadfast, hold fast to God's word? 
Have I spoken out of boldness according to his word, according to God's heart and his holiness? And I seek God and I need to be courageous. I need to express it. God's authority will come on you and his favor and power will come as well. So ask yourself, am I walking with the Lord? I, do I pay attention to God's heart? So verse 21, Moses said to Aaron, what did this people do to you that you have brought such grace and upon them? From verses 22 to 24, Aaron basically blamed the people that they did it. So what a contrast. Moses actually pleaded with God for those people who sinned against him. And Aaron, when he got pointed out, he blamed those people. If a leader does not pick up the responsibility and be a mediator between God and people, we can never live up to the callings as a leader. Only if you are like Moses and like petition and intercede for the people you're responsible for. In verse 25, in when Moses saw that the people had spoken loose, some people just did not listen and continue sinning. That's when Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said, Who is on the Lord's side? Come with me. And all the sons of Levi gathered around him. Now, God has given a chance for people to repent. Aaron and the sons of Levi repented, but the others, 3,000 people did not, and then they were killed. So you may think that people were just following the leaders. Why weren't Aaron and others killed? Well, because they repent and they had, when they had a chance to do so. So through Moses, God given the people a chance to repent, and Aaron repented. Even people who went back to the tent but who did not repent, so they got killed too. It is not because God is harsh or the Levites are cruel. It is a lesson to be learned that they must hold on to the chances to repent and hold to God's mercy. If you don't, you will lose your relationship with God's covenant. We know that Levites were cruel people uh, back in Genesis. They killed, they had killing hands. But they turned, they turned to God and repented. And Moses said, Today you have been ordained for the services of the Lord. And in verse 30, the next day Moses said to the people that you have sent a great scent, and now I will go up to the Lord. Perhaps I can make atonement for your scent. That means Moses is going back to the Lord to intercede for the people. But you, you may question that people have repented and then some of them were killed and punished. And why is Moses going back to the mountain? Because Moses wanted to mend the relationship of God between God and people. He desired God to make a new commitment, a covenant with them again, and to keep these people as chosen people. Verse 31 says, Alas, this people has sent a great scent, Malachi said. They have made for themselves a god of gold. But now, if you will forgive their sins, if but if not, please blot me out of your book in, that you have written. So what Moses is doing is like what Jesus did for us. But God said to Moses, Whoever has sinned against me, I will blot out of my book. And now go and lead the people to the place about which I have spoke to, spoken to you. Behold, my angel shall go before you. Nevertheless, in the day when I visit, I will visit their sin upon them. Then the Lord sent a plague on the people because they have made the calf. And the one that Aaron made, God once again spoke of his choice, his grace his judgment and his punishment of sin. But when the people repented and turned around, Moses led the people to repent before God, and God actually made a covenant with Moses again. So we read chapter 31 and 32 today, 
Of course, we need to have intelligence, wisdom, knowledge, and ability and obey to do the work that God commanded us. And even if we, I failed in life and build a golden calf, I must repent and turn to God and seek his forgiveness. God is merciful. He's, he will no longer punish for sin. Aaron and the 70 elders did not die. Those 3,000 died because they refused to repent and change their ways. Aaron still became a great priest, served the Lord, and the elders were anointed by God. A person who truly repented, God will no longer punish for his sin. He will guide and lead you and not kill you. So dear family, partition to God, please have mercy on us. Help us and remind us not to be a stiff that person. I dedicate my head and my life to you, God. I will humbly bow before you. Lord, help me as a helper, as a leader, to submit under your cover and your authority and not to worship the golden calf. May God have mercy on us. Show me step by step how to be cautious, careful, and humble in the light of God, to worship Him and to love Him, praying to God and having mercy on us that we will be accepted. Amen. Dear families, we hope that you enjoy the Bible race as much as we do. If you are willing to volunteer to translate the original Chinese teaching into English or assist with video editing, please email service at 360sunrise.com. Thank you. Mm-hmm.